Welcome back to Chop for Time, everyone. It's uh, Thomas McClure here with Pastor Ben. Thomas, yeah. the, the, the names are in the, the names are right in the right order, order this, this time, week. Yeah. You, well, you threw me off, man. I, I mean, last week, week I was first. Well, derailed from the beginning. Yeah, well, you know, just kind of keep keep us on our toes, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, yeah how's your, how your weekend going? It, weekend went pretty well, I think. I'm trying to think. Uh, kind of uh, breezed by pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Our I live guess... stream worked. It did. I mean, it, did, it didn't start promising. Mm. Um, when we got here, we, you know, we arrived early to do a test on it because the audio problems we had from last week, we started, you know, tweaking and you right. know, replacing some things. We hoped we had fixed. Throughout the week, and then we came in here and we did a test. You know, it was all uh, right. private on our YouTube right. account, but... Uh, you know, as soon as it pulled up, there was the popping and the fast forwarding. I mean, yeah. you could just, def- I think both of us just kind of deflated yeah. at yeah. that point. So we really, uh, you more so than I, uh, started scrambling. And I, I appreciate well, I your efforts. I just to what we had done <laughs> yeah. six months ago. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we started doing a, a few things, trying some different options. And through that process, number one, it worked. You know, we were right. only able to be on YouTube yesterday, not YouTube, yeah. Facebook, and the website, but it was a YouTube, uh, but it worked. Yeah. And in that process of working, we were able to diagnose at least the source of the problem. Right. What right. the fix of the problem this is. Week's job. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be this week's task. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so obviously, yes, we were only on YouTube. So if you were on the website or on Facebook and you didn't find it, it is on YouTube. Yes. So do you yes. go listen to it and watch it. Uh, I thought it was a really good morning. Um, I, I thought it was as well. Seemed yeah. that way anyhow yeah. from my standpoint. It was an exciting start to to a new study that we're doing for, yeah. which you were saying there was a couple of people who thought this is a bit daunting. Well, I mean, can you blame them? I mean, we're talking right. about a, um, a book, a letter of the New Testament that's mm-hmm. six chapters long. Right. And I said yesterday, hey, if you read it out loud, it takes about 20 minutes. Right. Give or take a minute or two, either way. Right. Uh, so, I mean, we're not talking about Psalms here, mm-hmm. you know, and we're and we're not talking about one of the uh, the bigger books of the Old Testament. We're we're talking about a six chapter book. So, you know, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here uh, because I had the same mindset whenever I started feeling this. Is like really a whole year. Right in Ephesians, and and really, it's going to be six months. Trust me, we could go a year, right. but we're we're trying to be as palatable with this as possible. But I had the same thought of a whole year, and I think that shows a little bit um, of our surface level approach that we take right. to the Word of God. Yeah. I had um, a pastor tell me one time. He said, "If you preach." Hebrews chapter 11 the way it should be preached which is the 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 faith chapter you know the hall of faith he said it should take you no less than a year to get through that chapter just because I mean there are depths of God's word to be mined that uh, we typically do not and I think that my mindset going into looking at it is probably yours and some of the people that I've talked to is how would we dredge through mm. an entire year in this book? But I think that there were some thoughts that were changed right. after yesterday right. in well, regards you, to that. You, you kind of started with that analogy of uh, you guys going hunting a bobcat type of thing and, <laughs> yeah. and the the sort of the fear and the anxiety or the worry or the excitement and all these yeah. fluctuations of emotions. And 
and that's kind of what the book of Ephesians is yeah, turning exactly. out to be this yeah. year um, which I think uh, you know was a fun little thing to put into perspective I think it's always good when we see that the pastor is excited about the topic and, yeah, the, and the a little bit anxious at the same yeah, time yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously the anxiety coming from passages like what we're talking about next week and other ones down the line as well just um, jump head first right yeah, yeah yeah but you know you made a good point like whenever you're doing expository preaching and you're making your way through a book um you'd be doing the book an injustice to skip over yeah pa- passages that aren't popular to talk about um and uh and i know i'm excited to get into those things as well the meat and gravy of the of the of the book you know the heavier hitting things that are um controversial these days and and i think you know i I mentioned that and talked about the importance of expository preaching and talked about how that was kind of my natural lean and and sometimes it's you know thematic or or topical preaching isn't um it's not inherently bad or evil so i don't want to present it as that but what that type of approach on a regular basis does allow us to do is skip over portions right. or sections or topics that we're not comfortable with right. or it makes that it we, easier yeah. to make the bible say what you want it to exactly. say exactly or that a, we feel like is going to be less offensive right. um, or less controversial right. um, and yeah. ex- exposition doesn't allow us to do that yeah i think maybe i'm imagining things but i think i remember you saying yesterday morning um uh, that people will be offended yes um and 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 that the truth hurts yes. a lot of times. And usually before you can let the truth set in, you get offended first. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a, a, a lady that I pastored for several years always. That was one of her go-to sayings was, the truth will indeed set you free, but it will offend you first. Right. Most right. often the truth will offend you in some way, shape, form, or fashion in the process right. of setting you free. Right. And and that's a, that's a powerful truth. It mm-hmm. really is. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited about it for sure. Um, one, one of the things that interested me was you dived into the history of the book of Ephesians yes. and the church in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you talked about Artemis or um, oh, what was the Roman name? Come on. It's there. It's there. Diana. It's yes. Uh, there we go. Yes. I listened. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you talked about a little bit about that. And, and the one of the things you touched on was that Paul wrote the book. Yeah. And how some people have thought, um, well, Paul didn't write the book. And it was actually somebody writing on Paul's behalf, um, which is interesting. But a lot of people might turn around and say, cool, who cares? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's, yeah. like, why is that important? Why is that something that we should care about? I think at, at the foundational level, um, I think we look at the authenticity and the inerrancy mm-hmm. of Scripture. Uh, and, and when we say inerrancy, understand that uh, that can be, if we look at it on a surface level, that can be very easily dismissed because of the amount of translations right. that we have. I'm talking about at the foundational level of concepts, of biblical truth, mm-hmm. of foundational principles, the inerrancy of God's Word. Right. And that, that, that plays a part in this <clears throat> because Paul identifies himself as the writer and also if someone's writing it as a pseudonym mm-hmm. you know there's someone else writing it in the name of Paul uh, then 
the early church would have contradicted itself in the way that it canonized scripture. And I know right. that there's, listen, I'm at the heart of me. I'm a conspiracy theorist uh, right. somewhat by nature. So I am very well aware. Something I've definitely noticed over the past few months. Of working <laughs> with you, hanging out. I am very well aware of most all of the conspiracy theories surrounding the canonization of scripture. Mm. I, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm, I've read and am aware of right. the lost books of the Bible, the right. books of Enoch. I mentioned a couple yesterday, the, mm-hmm. um, the Gospel of Peter, the Acts of Paul. Right. I'm well aware of those. But when we look at the church's history and in the canonization process, they, the early church rejected numerous writings mm. that were written by someone else claiming to be, you know, like someone else right. in the name of Paul, right. someone else in the name of Peter. Yeah. Uh, they just, they did not tolerate that. Uh, and they didn't accept it as divinely inspired. You know, right. I, I said yesterday of the two books that I mentioned, one of them is really sound theology. Mm. It's a really good book. Right. Uh, but because it was written under a, uh, a different, you know, a name that was different from the person who actually penned it, 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 it was deemed to be not divinely inspired right. because of that. So I think that if you're looking at it from a surface level, right. it's not that big of a deal. Mm. Um, and But if you're looking at it from a foundational authenticity and inerrancy right. of Scripture standpoint, it is a big deal. Yeah. And and I did find, in, you know, um, I, I, I found it on several sources and several reliable sources, so I, I'm, I'm leaning on the fact that it's, factual and authentic, mm-hmm. but this really wasn't even challenged. The authorship wasn't right. even challenged until the early 1800s. Now, right. again, there, there may be, that may be inaccurate, but from everything that I could study and find, it was around the 1820s before mm-hmm. this, this theory, because the fact is, um, you know, that in the original text, there's different original documents mm-hmm. and, and there's some dispute there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also just find it like interesting because I uh, something I have to fight all the time just because I was brought up reading the Bible all the time, you know. It was something you know. It was Sunday schools and and kids programs and and bedtime stories and and all that kind of stuff, which is fantastic and a great way to be raised as a child. They get wrapped up also with um, fictional stories, mm. you know, and 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 things like that of that nature, whether it's you know, Christmas tales or, you know, Peter Rabbit or all these other little fictional stories. And it's sometimes, even though I know that the Bible is true, I still read it and forget that this is actually a history book. Yes. Not yeah. a fictional... Do, 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 do yeah, that make sense? and sometimes... Like, and think, yeah, no, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. You know, no, I think like knowing, knowing who Paul was and knowing that he is a respectable... Well, once he converted anyway, that he was a, re- a well-respected, sound theologic, theological leader of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as historical accuracy goes, he is his authorship is one that we can definitely know that is good. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So, yes. you know, even when it comes to like reading stories about what happened in World War II, you know, you want to read it, read an article written by somebody who is at least there mm-hmm. or who heard firsthand stories right. of what right. happened just for historical accuracy's yeah. sake um probably the same with peter's gospel you mm-hmm. know so if it was penned by peter that'd be really cool because peter was with jesus all the time some other bloke who wrote it on peter's behalf 
doesn't have that same solidity in it in his like yeah experience yeah. well and sense. we see um you know we see paul talking about that at the very beginning mm. of this passage that we covered because we just covered the first two verses and right. in all honesty we just covered the first verse i didn't right. really even get into the second <laughs> verse i read it right. didn't get into it uh but you know paul makes that statement paul uh, to the saints at ephesus you know right. he, he basically said paul an apostle mm-hmm of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Right. So Paul gives the identification of who the author is. He gives his authority. Mm-hmm. You know, So I, I, Paul, I'm the author. I'm an apostle. That's my authority. Mm-hmm. Here's where I get that authority. So you know, e- even Paul was, was recognizing this authority, but it wasn't like a power trip authority. Right. It was an authority like, this is not about me. Right. This is not right. about me. This is by the will of God. Yeah. Like you can trust what I say because Jesus' words, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he sent me. But yeah, no, I thought that was really interesting. And also um, something that I'm really excited to see in the church of Ephesus, um, which you kind of pointed out yesterday, was it, the town of Ephesus or the city of Ephesus itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the church changed the whole city. Yes. You know, yeah. Um, from, uh, you know, there'd be, with it being a, a port city, there'd be a lot of uh, prostitution and sexual immorality. Kind of mm-hmm. Same with Corinth and other, other mm-hmm. places like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, obviously the, the other goddess who is worshipped heavily, uh, Artemis or Diana, um, you know, a very, very not Christian place oh, yeah. on the surface. Well, and let's not make any mistake, there was far more... Uh, paganism, magic, sorcery, mm-hmm. things like that going on than just Artemis, right? Who is right. the daughter of Zeus, by the way? Right. Just throwing that out there. Kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I got way lost in some history. Oh, I can imagine. Week, so. I can imagine. Um, but yeah, so there's all this stuff going on, but the the early church in Ephesus seemed to thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were even saying. Um, was it silver? There's like silver... Silversmiths, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see that as we get later on in, okay. in the oh, that's scripture. A, that's a further down the line. Yeah, yeah, it's taking livelihood. I mean, the, the church was disrupting the culture right. and taking livelihoods away. And I believe that the, one of the main reasons that we see to conclude the book in chapter 6, the armor of God, mm. it wasn't just a nifty little quip that Paul could throw out there. Listen, this was practical stuff for these people because they were facing darkness. Mm. Not only were they facing it, they were fighting against it and changing it. Right. And any time that you begin to change culture and light is introduced, right. uh, dark forces fight back. Right. You're fighting spiritual battles. Mm. So therefore, it's explained to us, here's how you fight your battles. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to see throughout this book just how the early church in Ephesus went about changing the culture and, like you said, introducing light into a dark area. Yeah, and how we can do that here, mm-hmm. you know, and and to see where that goes, you yeah. know, how practically yeah. we're able to take that and how motivated we are with that, and that's something that I'm really excited about this book. Overall, I think yesterday morning just got us excited for it. No, I, I hope so. I, yeah. I know it does, it does yeah. me, and it did me. So yeah, and, for sure. Uh, um, and and my wife, who will always, you know, offer me um, honest feedback. And Paul's was. I could see you were thinking. Yes. What is this? what is the right word here? <laughs> um, but 
who she is not a history person right. whatsoever. History does not interest her at all. She told me yesterday, she said, I really enjoyed that. She said it was a lot of information and right. there was a lot of history there, but you never allowed it to get bogged down or mm. mired down. It was, it, you know, she, she basically, she said, I felt like you presented us history that was relevant to what we're going right. to be studying. I was like, oh, okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm probably in a similar boat. Like I'm not, I don't get super excited about history, but I respect its importance, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I hope other people are, are at least in the same boat, if not also excited by it. But um, uh, I think it was really good, just foundational, here's where we're going. And there's something nice about that as well, of just sitting down with your church family and saying, hey, here's where we're going over the next whole year. Here's our focus. Here's what we're planning on tackling together. This, you know, be prepared. Bring yeah. your notebooks. Yeah. It's, you know, we're doing one or two verses at a time because it's heavy, in-depth stuff. And we mm-hmm. can do that because there's so much weight to each verse. Um, so, like, get ready because it's going to be good. Yeah. You know, so I, I hope that kind of hit, hit people. Yeah, I hope so in. too. Yeah. Um, but through through everything, I mean, you were kind of saying the other day that you the more you've been preparing for this top, topic, the more things you had to keep removing for yesterday morning yeah um were there many things you want to dive into this morning or is it more of wait and see for future weeks yeah that was there there's a lot uh, that i had to kind of push the pause button on right because it's it's relevant for later Mm. writings as we get into additional scripture uh one of the things that i we went over at the end yesterday but really didn't dive into was the mention of Revelation chapter 2 mm-hmm. because, um, and I can't even remember if I mentioned this yesterday or not, but we know more. There's more written mm-hmm. and we have more information about the church at Ephesus than any other church in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Acts 18 is where we're introduced, where we kind of see the birth of the church of Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Paul leaves. He comes back in chapters 19 and 20 of the book of Acts, and we see that he stayed there for over two years. So Paul spent uh, a good chunk of time uh, in this city with these people. Uh, and then, you know, it's written all throughout the New Testament. You know, Paul refers to it several times in his writings, both to other churches uh, and to like Timothy and Titus. Mm-hmm. So he's in personal letters as well. And then we kind of see, I don't think we see the entirety of the life cycle of the church of right. at Ephesus, but I think we get almost a birth to death right. um, glimpse of it because mm-hmm. we see in Revelation chapter 2 where God, you know, Jesus is talking, you know, he's, yeah. you know, John is in the spirit and these are the words of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talks about, hey, I've, I've seen your good works. I've seen how you don't tolerate um, false gospels, mm-hmm. false teaching. I've seen how you turn away false apostles, people who come claiming that they're for me and right. they're not. I've seen how you've turned them away. I've seen how you've persevered and endured mm-hmm. because of me, because yeah. of Jesus. Pretty high praise. Oh, extremely high praise. I mean, yeah. my goodness, if we have that written as our epitaph on our right. tombstone, I mean, we've, right. we've lived a life, man. Yeah. But then he goes, but this is what I have against you. 
you've neglected your first love. That that first love that you had, that love for me, mm. you've neglected that. You've gotten so busy with the good works, with the not enduring the sound doctrine, with not entertaining false prophets, with you know, with enduring, with persevering, you've lost your first love. And that's to me that is one of the saddest statements. Yeah. In scripture because you Especially look at after such high praise. Yeah. Yeah, and to think that we could see our churches doing those things, Mm -hmm. and we would look and go, that's a healthy church. Mm -hmm. That's a healthy Mm -hmm. church. But if our focus is not remaining on our first love, that's the death blow. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the death blow. Um, Because like I said, I I feel like... uh, it's kind of an ecclesiastical view of it, but right. you know what? If if we're doing all of these things, but we're not loving and focusing on Christ, it's all meaningless. Right. I mean, right. we we become a just another social club that meets at a really weird hour on a yeah. really weird day during yeah. the week. We're just nice people. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and it does. It's kind anything. of a chilling thought. Yeah, yeah. But and it, it kind of puts it into perspective as well because, like, I think, especially with that whole the praise at the start of that of like. That's what we all want to hear, especially in our Western culture where mm-hmm. where works and being good and and striving to be better and being at the top of your game is so important. Yeah. And listen, you you're know? talking to a words of affirmation guy here. Right. So right. I'm just sitting there and I'm reading this. I'm like, yeah, yeah just yeah, keep yeah. it. You're yeah, speaking exactly. my language now. Yeah. I feel loved. But it's something like as soon as you realize what the first love was and the importance of the first love, the way that he just says, but this I hold against you, just simple like five words sorry yeah. not there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a simple five words that overwrites everything every good bit of praise that he's just said you know there's he's gone all, all these sentences of here's all these good things you're doing but in five words he just yeah. puts them at the bottom yeah i've just you have forgotten your first love yeah. is that even five words you have forgotten your you've Six. forgotten your first love oh, i'm gonna look, put the apostrophe he, in yeah. there <laughs> oh dear anyway <laughs> i can count no, but I mean, like, just with... As, the, as he said here, and if you could have seen him with his fingers on both hands there, I, <laughs> numbers um, are hard. Numbers are hard. It's still early. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like the significance that Jesus is the point. Like, um, I mean, it goes back to that whole thing of um, you can have all the wisdom and knowledge in the world, but if you don't have love, you're but a clashing gong or whatever that sort of... And there's... Lists, lists multiple things mm-hmm. that if without love and without Jesus, who you know God is love, yeah. it's all pointless. Yeah, and this this week coming up, we're going to see two words that if uh, let me see one two <laughs> yeah it's two okay um, that if I were to have to describe in one simple two word statement what the book of you know Ephesians is about uh, in Christ, right? That's the focus. And that's, you know, we're going to be covering that in, in verse 3, but then heavily in chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 right. uh, with the in Christ. So, Which kind of comes back because we, we had a, a a sermon in our previous year, yeah. uh, study, the in Redeemer study. Redeemer, identity. Which we had the yeah. in our purpose was mm-hmm. to be in Christ. Yep. You know, and it's not, this isn't a foreign concept, so hopefully it'll right. really set in. Right. And know. I even, you know, in, in my 
humanistic thinking as I was planning this out and just kind of looking at the scripture. I was like, well, do we talk about 1 through 10 again since we just mm. went through it? And I was just like, yes, of course we right. talk about it again. Right. So Yeah, because, I mean, next week is going to be definitely a heavier. Yeah. Well, not, not heavier, but a more nail-biting if, if you read if you read ahead and read the next sort of verses three through six isn't it three yeah just five? go if you're reading ahead go ahead and read verses three through 14 okay we're going to focus next week this coming sunday on verses three through six right so because three through 14 is one continuous run-on sentence mm-hmm. paul is letting his preacher show right here right. every english teacher that will read this is going to be twitching as they read this run-on <laughs> sentence, but it's like Paul got started, right. and he got so excited about what he was talking about, which, you know, a little bit of a spoiler alert, verse 3 is what sets it all off. Mm-hmm. So read these passages through this context, because mm-hmm. this is Paul's point. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places then that just seems to amp him up so much Mm. that 4 through 14 is one complete sentence, and it's all Paul talking about these spiritual blessings Mm. and what he's done for us in Christ. Right. Uh, Yeah, that sounds exciting. I I also think there's something in the fact that we are taking our time with this book is I I think it's important for everybody uh, sort of listening or taking part throughout the week in studying Ephesians to not just read the whole book in 20 minutes yes, and then be ready for the upcoming year. But I mean, do like you could read the whole book every day. Mm-hmm. Like, and really, I mean, it's, it's that whole idea of um, meditating on scripture, yeah. you know, just letting it sink in, reading it over and over and over again and really letting it settle mm-hmm. in your mind as mm-hmm. opposed to reading it one and done. You know, yeah. you just read it through. I'm done. I've read it. Yeah. We're good to go. Well, but, and, we developed a, a page on our website for the inductive study notes, mm-hmm. and it's all about the book of Ephesians, which will give you insight, practical tips, approaches as to how to study this right. book that mm-hmm. way. So if you are if you go to our website, fccgrayson.com, you'll, through our message notes tab, you'll be able to see the inductive study mm-hmm. notes, and I strongly encourage yeah. everyone to look at that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No, I'm excited just about really taking your time with something meditating on it and like letting it settle yeah you know as if we're so everything is so fast-paced yep. in our like western culture everything is just you know continuously moving on to the next thing mm-hmm. um, i thought it was like that back home in ireland and now i'm like wow we're so laid back back there <laughs> but but you know it's just it's it's always one thing after the other it's always you know as soon as you get something done you move on to the next thing or as soon as you know everybody's excited about one thing one day and then they move on to a new thing the next day and um, things just come and go super quickly. I kind of noticed that over the weekend when I was trying to buy a new car. Um, <laughs> I was trying to sell one of our cars because it's costing way too much money. And this one car popped up and it had like 40,000 miles. It was larger, had plenty of space, didn't cost very much money. And I was like, oh, I'll message him. So, you know, it was only up for a few hours, contacted him, was going to plan on seeing it the next day. It was gone. Yeah. So immediately I was like, well, here's another one. I'll look at that one. We'll look at that one. And then, oh, well, it's gone as well. Oh, well, let's look at this third option and it's gone. And we're just so fast paced in our brains that I think slowing down to go through something as important as this is going to be really beneficial. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Um, So I'm I'm excited about it. That was a bit of a tangent, but... That's fine. 
Follow that rabbit trail, brother. Yeah. Listen, you you, you made a reference <laughs> to something a little bit earlier that I truly appreciate, and I didn't get to tell you at the time. But since we're talking about rabbit trails, you talk. You mentioned Peter Rabbit. <laughs> I'm I'm going yeah, to yeah. I'm going to show my surprise that you at your age. Oh, it's all my grandparents. Are familiar my, my with Peter Rabbit. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Thank well you. done. I I'll let my grandparents know that you appreciate it. Yes, please do. Well, yeah. Um, Right. Well, we're <laughs> after Peter Rabbit. How do you get back to Ephesians? How do you segue yeah. into that? Yeah. But, but no, I, I'm I'm very excited about what's coming up. Um, we say this all the time, so I think that's probably a good sign. Yeah. But um, are there any other things that you and that you want to go over or dive into? I think for me, it was definitely the, the big thing that stood out was trying to understand and the, the importance of the history of the yeah of the book. Yeah, I think that that uh, the history of the book, the history of the area, uh, the authorship, the target all should um, help to shine a little bit of light on what we're getting ready to go through. And as I'm sitting here thinking, I don't think that there was anything left out that we are not Mm. going to be uh, covering or looking at in in the weeks and months ahead. I think just to sort of close out, like the history of it is very beneficial right now, because especially when we look at understanding the culture of, Ephesians mm. or Ephesus, yeah. so similar to he- here yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Granted, we don't have giant statues to Artemis, but Artemis was the goddess of sexuality. Mm-hmm. And if anything is deified in this culture, oh my goodness, you know, yes. it's yeah. sex and money. Yep, you know, and 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 that's what Ephesus was built around. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, this hopefully will. People often look at books like this and sort of be like, oh, well, this was written a long time ago for a different culture. I'm like, oh, yes, but the culture is exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the, all the problems. And that's one of the main exactly reasons the that I think that we needed to be in this study right now because I believe that this is, if not the most contemporary mm. uh, New Testament letters, it is one of the most contemporary letters because I believe with that, with the exception of a sec, a section or two, maybe. Right. It um, it could have been penned today, right? And extremely relevant mm-hmm. to us today. So right. it's good. No, I'm excited about it. Yep. Well, well, thank you for joining us, everybody, and hopefully we will hear from you again next week. Well, you'll hear will, from will, us again will, next will week. Will we hear from them? No, you'll hear from us next week. Hopefully, if you if you listen in. So okay. I need to work on these outros. I should just we should just pre-record one and hit a button. So I don't have to keep doing this every single week. Yeah, but then myself. we would miss out on the beauty of this awkwardness right, right. now. Because I'm going to count how many times on my <laughs> hands here that you've been awkwardly outroing us. Yeah, well, if you let me count on my hands, it'll be less. So <laughs> <that'll>, <laughs> I'll get it wrong. All right, cool. guys, well, have a great week.